welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. You know, Christmas is around the corner and it's a time for uh, New Year's resolutions. And we love making New Year's resolutions. Even now, some of you are contemplating your New Year's resolution. And I can imagine perhaps one of the biggest uh, desires that many of us have here is to lose weight. And so we're thinking to ourselves, wow, straight after Christmas and the beginning of the new year, I am definitely going to lose weight. And so we get all our New Year's resolutions and, and we're figuring out that this is going to be great and this is going to be the best year ever. Two thousand, what's it? 2020 is going to be a year of breakthrough for me. You know, just as we get 2020 vision, I'm going to have 2020 success in all areas of my life. And so we establish our New Year's resolutions. But how many of you know that resi- New Year's resolutions can become like hot air, like steam? You know, it appears for a while, and in a short while, our New Year's resolutions disappear, and we're back to the same old, same old situation that we found ourselves in the year before. And so New Year's resolutions don't really work. But I want to tell you, friends, we don't need a New Year's resolution. What we really need is a word from the Lord. Amen. And I tell you what, God's word never fails. It will never return to him void. And it will always accomplish that which it sets out to do. And I want to encourage you this morning. If you're finding difficulty in direction for your life, if you're finding it difficult in your relationships or whatever situation you find yourself in, hang on to the word of God. Because God is faithful. And you, if you apply your, your if you apply your situation to the Word of God. He will bring deliverance. He will bring salvation. And so the word I have for you this morning is found in Isaiah chapter, Isaiah chapter, um, let me just find it, 43 verse 18. Isaiah 43 verse 18. Remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Even now it springs forth. I will make for you a way in the wilderness and streams in the desert. Amen. God is doing a new thing. He's going to make a way for us in the wilderness. And even now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? Do you not understand it? Now when God gave to the children of Israel this particular prophecy, he was speaking to them during a time of incredible hardship. It was a dark time for the children of Israel. They had disobeyed God. Every man had become a law within his own right. Uh, Every man did what was right in his own eyes. It was a time of incredible darkness, a time of rebellion. They had totally isolated themselves from God. And it was during this time when they had been taken into captivity that God speaks into their lives, speaks into the nation, and says to them, Remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now for the children of Israel to grasp this, it would have been difficult for them because they felt as though they were beyond redemption. 
They had failed God so much so that they didn't ever think that God would bring deliverance, that God would bring salvation. They felt that they were beyond salvation, beyond deliverance. But how many of you know, friends, that God never lets His people down? And God always comes through. He always comes through. And no matter what your situation is this morning, God will come through for you. He will not let you down. He will not let you linger on because He is God. He is faithful. His mercy endures every morning. Amen. Every day. And so God reminded them and spoke into the the nation of Israel and says, Remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. I am going to make a way for you in the wilderness. Even now it springs forth. Even now it springs forth. You know, friends, often we look at wilderness. A wilderness experience is a time of desperation, a time of barrenness, a time of desolation, hurt, pain, and suffering. And that's the way we look at the wilderness. We discern wilderness as a time of real hardship and pain and suffering. But you know, when God speaks of wilderness, it's always in the context of new life. We think of wilderness as death and sorrow and pain. But when God speaks of wilderness, He speaks of it in the context that God is preparing for us a new thing. God is doing something new in our lives. And He says, I am going to make a way for you in the wilderness. And if you go back into the Old Testament... You look at the great men of God, Moses. Where was he when God had spoken to him? He was in the wilderness. And whilst out there in the wilderness, he had an encounter with God that revolutionized his life and changed the course of history. When he saw that burning bush burning, God spoke into his heart. And as a direct result of that encounter, he was able to to, to lead a deliverance out of Egypt. And then we think of Elijah. Whenever you think of Elijah, you think of earthquake, storm, and fire. But here was a man that was used by God to lance the festering sore of Israel's idolatry. But God used him. And after Elijah had denounced Ahab, God sent him into the wilderness. But it was whilst he was out there in the wilderness that God gave to him a new assignment. Amen. And then, of course, we think of Ezekiel. Ezekiel was sent into the wilderness, and whilst he was in the wilderness, he had this incredible vision of an army that was being raised up. He, saw a, he had a vision of bone upon bone upon bone, of dried, brittle, white bones covering the valley. And in this vision, he saw uh, these bones coming together, the foot coming to, what is it, the, the, the thigh bone coming onto the, oh, well, you know what it's like. And so he had this incredible vision of bone coming together and he saw the raising up of this incredible army. But where did it take place? It took place in the desert. And then, of course, we think of John the Baptist. John the Baptist was used by God to baptize people. Where? In the wilderness, a new beginning. And it was there that John the Baptist cried out with a great powerful voice of authority, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Amen. Prepare ye the way of the Lord in the wilderness. And so you see, wilderness doesn't just speak of barrenness and pain and suffering, but wilderness speaks of new life. And some of you may feel as as though you're going through the wilderness. 
But I want to tell you, it's in this very point in time that God is bringing about something new in your life. He's preparing you for something dynamic, something exciting. This is a new day. This is a new beginning. This is a new start for you. Even during this time of barrenness and hurt and desolation and discomfort and sorrow and pain, and you're thinking, oh God, you've forgotten me. What am I going to do? I need your voice. I need your touch upon my life. But it's in this time that God is preparing you. He's going to make a way for you in the wilderness. And you know, oftentimes we're in the wilderness. We, we can't see the light for the trees. How many of you know that? We can't see a light towards the end of the tunnel because we're so caught up and we're so focused in this this, we're so focused in our problems. We're so focused in our situation. We're so focused on trying to work our way out of the situation. But I want to tell you, friends, that God will make a way for you. Amen. He will make a way for you. So it's in this time of barrenness and in this time of tiredness that God will make a way for you. You know, I've just come out of two years at Livingston, and, and Judy and I, we've been really, you know, we've been having a bit of a difficult time, even in relationship, and, and in every area, we were under incredible attack, and, and, and I've I got to tell you, I was at my wit's end, didn't know what to do, and I remember just laying on my bed at night, Judy was still in England, I was back here in Australia, and um, we'd experienced all of this going on at the house, and you know, the house had been robbed and everything wasn't going right for me at all. And then one night I just uh, lay in my bed and, and I just had an overwhelming sense of God's power come upon my life. I didn't fall to my knees and pray and I wasn't crying, but I just felt a sense of God's presence come down upon me. And God said to me, hey, remember, remember, not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Even now it springs forth. Do you know, I've preached on this particular subject for years. I know the scripture off by heart. I've taught it. I've encouraged people. But you know, friends, it's not until you go through the wilderness. It's not until your back is against the rock. It's not until your back is against a brick wall. And you feel as though you're caught up between the devil and the deep blue sea that this scripture really means something to you. And people were telling me to go to counseling. You need to go to counseling. You need to, you need to trust God. You know, you need to go to counseling. And I thought, no, I don't want to go to counseling. And I'm, I'm not decrying counseling by any stretch of the imagination. Counseling is very important. But you know, friends, I got all the counsel that I needed from God that night. As the Spirit of God invaded my spirit, and I felt this overwhelming sense of peace that God was about to birth something new in my life. And from that very moment on, my life had taken a radical revolution. I changed direction. I changed my thoughts. I changed my attitude. I changed those things that were so negative. And God had done a new thing in my life. And from that very moment on, we've got uh, Terry here. And, and Terry will tell you, he saw me going through all of this. He would tell you that I was a different person the next day. A different person. Because God's word, God's word works mightily. Amen. And so at times, you know, you feel as though your back is against the wall. You see, God's intention for us is good. 
And one of the observations that I've found from this experience, that our limited capacity is not in any way greater than God's unlimited capacity. God is unlimited. We can only see, you know, in part, but God sees the big picture. He sees the big picture. And you know, we can only see hardship and difficulty when we're in the wilderness experience. We feel as though we've come to the cul-de-sac. We feel as though we've hit a brick wall. And so we're very, very limited. But you know, when God looks at us, He sees the whole picture. He sees the whole picture. And He says to us, I'm going to make a way for you. The Bible says, remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Even now, even now, it springs forth. And then he goes on to say, but do you not perceive it? Now that word perceive means to discern, to distinguish, to understand. And so you need to come to that place within your life where you really perceive that God is in the situation. That's why we are encouraged to perceive, to understand, to distinguish, to discern. Because it's in the understanding, it's in the discernment. It's in the distinguishing that we find our liberation. It's where we find our peace. It's where we find our salvation. It's where we find in our deliverance. You can preach on the subject time and time again, but it's not until you really understand that you experience the peace of God in your life. You can talk it. You can preach it. You can counsel it. And I've done it for 60, 40 years. But it wasn't until my back was against the wall. It wasn't until I found myself between a rock and a hard place that I really came to an understanding. I really started to perceive the mind and the will and the purposes of God. And he says to me, don't you understand, son? Can't you perceive it? Can't you distinguish it right now in your lowest state, in your heartbreak, in your loneliness, in your experience? I am doing a new thing. Even now, the Bible says it springs forth. Even now, God is doing a new thing. Amen. Even now, not talking about something in the future, not looking at something 10 years in the future, but he says, even now, you can't see it. You don't understand it. But even now, I am at work. Even now, I am going to make a way for you in the wilderness. And you know what, friends? I'm sticking to that word. I have no idea what the future holds for me. I have no idea where we go from here. But I'm telling you, I've got this real clear understanding that some way, somehow, God will make a way. Oh, of course I hit the panic button and maybe confess the things that I ought not to confess. And my wife has to punch me on the shoulder and she says, you Got to trust God. And no matter what the circumstance, we have to trust the Lord. Amen. Because even now, even now, new life is springing forth. Woohoo! Wow! That's amazing. And I'll tell you, friends, that particular passage of Scripture has done more for me than 10 years of counseling. I've never been, I've been once to a counselor. <laughs> The elders sent me to the counseling. How do you like that? <laughs> Did it change me? 
<laughs> he gave me good advice but didn't change me. But I tell you what has changed me is the pure unadulterated word of God that speaks directly from the heavenlies and strikes into the heart of man. Amen. That's what brings change. And I tell you, from that moment on, my whole life has been radically changed and transformed. I can honestly tell you, it's like I've been born again, born again, born again, all over again, all over again. Judy and I now have been married for 45 freaking years. 44 years. But I've got to tell you, because of this paradigm shift I've had in my mind and this revolutionary spirit encounter, we're on honeymoon all over again. I couldn't believe it. And I haven't even been to see a counselor. Just laying in my bedroom all by myself, thinking if I was ever going to see my wife again. Spirit of God came. I didn't cry. I just sat there. But the experience totally, totally revolutionized my life. You see, friends, I don't know what experience you're going through right now. Maybe you feel as though you're in the wilderness of pain and suffering. Maybe you're in the wilderness of relationship break, breakdown. Maybe you feel as though you're in the wilderness of unemployment. And you feel as though you're in a state of desperation. What am I going to do? How are we going to work our, our way out of this situation? Well, stop. You don't have to. Because it's already springing forth. You need to understand. And it's in your understanding. It's in your perception. That you will come to the realization. That even now. God is at work. Amen. So. Two things we need to understand. Firstly. How many minutes? What's that? So, so when does it actually say finished? <laughs> That's a problem when you don't stick to notes. Uh, so the thing is this. Number one, God's going to make a way for you in the wilderness. Number two, God's ability to bring about change and transformation is far greater than our ability to see. Number three, renewal comes from forgetting the past. The Bible says, remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. You cannot go forward remembering the past. You've got to learn to forget and to forgive what's happened in the past. Amen. If you don't, you will capitulate. And instead of blossoming and experiencing the blessing of the Lord, you will experience bitterness and hurt and pain. You've got to learn how to forgive. And even in this particular passage of Scripture, God says to the children of Israel, have I not blotted out your transgressions and will I remember them no more? You need to understand, friends, that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. And if there's one thing he wants to do is to bring guilt and condemnation upon you. He wants to remind you of your weaknesses. He wants to remind you of your failures. He wants to remind you of all your pain and your hurt. Because he is the accuser of the brethren. But I want to tell you, friends, the Bible says in, in, in Romans, let me just put my glasses on. 
The Bible says, the Bible says in Romans 8 verse 1, Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Come on. Number two. Uh, 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Amen. Hey, Philippians chapter Chapter, Philippians, chapter, <laughs> Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Forgetting those things that are behind you and pressing to the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Forgetting those things that are behind you. You can't go forward going, looking back. If you do, you'll have an accident. I remember going to work in the early hours of the morning many, many years ago, not yesterday. Many years ago, and I saw a beautiful young lady on the side of the road. And as I was going by, I went like this, not realizing that the car in front of me had stopped. And uh, you know the rest. The rest is history. So we had a bit of a calamity. <laughs> and Calamity Jane was on her bike and went away. But I want to tell you, friends, you can't go forward looking back. And, you know, if Satan starts to remind you of your past, you need to remind him of his future. Because I tell you, his future does not look bright at all. Amen. So forget about the past. Don't get yourself enslaved by the past. Don't get yourself involved with others who will enslave you in their past. You've got to come out. You've got to learn how to draw the line. And say, okay, that's of the past, but this is of the future. Let's go forward. Come on. And in closing, I'm going to tell you a little story. I'm going to introduce you to Michael and to Michelle. I've got a son named Michael and a daughter named Michelle. This is not their story, just for the purpose of names. Now, Michael and Michelle were staying at Granny and Grandpa's house. And whilst they were at Grandpa's house, Michael was given a new slingshot. And so he went out into the woods. And while he was in the woods, he was practicing with his slingshot. His, his, his catapult, lackey. I don't know what you call them here. Huh? A ging. A what? A ging. A ging. A ging. Okay. He had a ging. And then he saw, he saw grandma's prized duck. And so he thought, oh, I'll take a shot at the prized duck. And so he pulled back on his ging. Boom. And the ging didn't hit them on the on the head, on the body, hit him on the head and killed grandma's duck. Oh my gosh. He was so broken hearted. He didn't know what he was going to do. He looked around and there was Michelle five meters away. And he begged Michelle, oh, Michelle, please don't tell, don't tell Gaga, don't tell granny, we're going to be in big, big trouble. No problem. So anyway, that, uh, that night, where all the, they were sitting at the table, and, and Granny asked Michelle to help out with the dishes. And so Michelle says, oh, Granny, Michael says that he will do the dishes tonight. <laughs> and so Michael goes to Michelle, and, and, and she says to Michelle, he says, Michelle, no, Michelle says to Michael, hey, Michael, don't forget Grandma's duck. 
And so Michael ends up helping with the washing. The next day, Grandpa was going to go fishing. And he was going to take, take Michael with him. And so anyway, Grandma says, Hey, Michelle, can you help out with the daily chores today? Oh, Granny, I don't need to do that today because Michael says that he will do it. And so Michelle was able to go fishing with Grandpa. And so it just went on and on and on and on. And uh, poor old Michael had become a slave to his sister. She had him by the throat. He couldn't do a thing. He was doing everything for Granny. And so anyway, at the end of the day, Grandma comes. He, he, he felt so condemned. He felt so guilty. He walked up to Granny. You're not a Granny. Well, you you are a granny. All right. He says, Granny, he says, Granny, I have a confession. You know your beautiful prized duck? Well, I killed it. Oh, Granny says, Michael, I saw the whole thing from the kitchen. I was just wondering how long you were going to be a slave to your sister. And you know, friends, People can keep you in slavery. But if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And there are so many people who are living in guilt. So many people who are living in condemnation. They cannot forgive others and they cannot forgive themselves. They cannot. They become a slave to their failures. They become a slave to others. And they live in slavery for the rest of their lives. When somebody wants to invite you into their territory and keep you in bondage to your past, you've got to confess. You've got to take action. Because if you don't, you will become a slave for the rest of your life. Amen. Husband and wives. Oh, remember? Remember? Don't you remember that? Keeping you back. Friends, don't you remember that? You know? God, you failed then. You're, what's, what's stopping you from failing again? So we've got to put the past behind us. You've got to reverse your hurts. Amen? And with that, I am finished. But I will say this. That no matter what situation you are in, and no doubt there are people here that are in the wilderness experience. You feel as though you are captivated in a wilderness experience. You have no idea what you're going to do. You've got no idea how you're going to get out. You have absolutely no idea. You're battered. You're bruised. You don't know what way to turn. But can I say this to you today? God will make, you, make a way for you in the wilderness. Yeah. But having said that, brother, you can shake your head. But you've got to understand it. You've got to perceive it. Amen. Yeah. yeah amen. Amen. Come on. <laughs> when you understand it, it will liberate you. Totally set you free. Amen. amen. <laughs> Secondly, what was the second point? I'm all over the place this morning. I've got to stop. Um, what was the second point? Oh, number four. Oh, no, we can't go to number four. 
I don't have number four. Huh? Yeah, that's it. That's it. You see, thank God we've got educated people in this church. We've got people that pay attention because they take notes. God's unlimited ability to bring transformation is far greater than our limited ability to see because we can't see the future, but only God can. Thank you. Amen. Are you with me? You may think, this is so, so simple. This is elementary stuff. This is ABC preaching. Yes, it is. But for 45 years, I didn't practice it. I preached it. I counseled it. But one night, it took a, it took a, what did it take? God had to get hold of me with a sledgehammer that flattened me on my bed in a terrible state of depression, of worry, concern, heartbreak. You wouldn't believe what I'd been through. And all with a bad back, with a cherry on top. I was, I was so, ask Terry. Remember Terry. If it weren't for my old mate Terry being with me on site, I would have been in big trouble, even with the police. Isn't that right, Terry? Terry had to grab me and sit me down. Relax, relax. You're like a bull in a china shop. Take it easy. Thank God that God brings around the right people at the right time. But then, then the encounter came. The revelation, the perception, the perceiving, the distinguishing. And it was in that that I am now aware. I'm struggling, but I'm aware of it. And we will keep on being aware of it. That God will make a way. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And so, <laughs> it's, it's, it's very easy for me to preach this stuff. But Josh was at my house. Josh was at my house yesterday having breakfast with Judy and I with his beautiful wife and three beautiful daughters. And here I am confessing, oh, Josh, I don't know where I go from here. Oh, jeez, I don't know what my next assignment is. Then I'm thinking, Namibia. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not going to get you into trouble. <laughs> but I'm thinking to myself, where do we go from here? And so if you can pray for Judy and I, we need direction. Amen. And, and we, we just love this church. We love your pastor. He is one of the most wonderful pastors. He's got a heart for the kingdom. That's what I love about him. He's not threatened. He just gets on with what God has told him to do. He is a God man. He's a kingdom man. Amen. So thank you so much for all your support. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for being who you are. May the Lord bless you. May His countenance shine upon you. May you prosper and be in good health. May your families prosper. And may they experience the goodness and the blessingness, the blessings of God by the power of His Holy Spirit. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au. Thank you.